of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am your host, Ross Bolin, and I just watched Amazon Prime's new Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power trailer, and dude, dude, like I had to come sit down in the studio and talk it through. We may be in store for the greatest few months stretch in the history of fantasy television between the Rings of Power and House of the Dragon. Bezos, by the way, Definitely making sure he gets his money's worth with this one as the Amazon Prime logo is seen on screen the entire trailer and then has a massive closing credit. But the trailer all in all has me, for the first time really, willing to get extremely, extremely hyped about the Rings of Power uh, about this show. So let's walk through it. The trailer starts out, and again, it says it's another teaser. It says it's the main teaser teaser so apparently we're still not even to trailer number one now we're at main teaser this it's ridiculous to me how they label all of these differently it's just for plant it's like one of those things that's on the production side of media that needs to remain there and they don't realize it and and then they put it on the consumer side it's like we don't need all the distinctions between the different types of trailers for fuck's sake just let us enjoy it but this is main teaser all right and it starts out with a feminine voice explaining that there was a time when the world was so young, there had not yet been a sunrise, which is just a dope line to start it with. And we get all these incredible sweeping landscape shots of a few different settings. And she says, but even then there was light and there's like some gnarly light tree or something. I I don't know. And then a feminine voice, potentially a different character continues on with the narration elves have forests to protect dwarves their mines men their fields of grain but we harfoots have each other h-a-r-f-o-o-t-s harfoots have each other and now up front i'm not some huge tolkien nerd all right like i read the hobbit book growing up i loved lord of the rings obviously and we'll get to that a little bit later but I don't know what the hell a Harfoot is. I've never heard that until here. So it seems like to me, just based on this main teaser, <laughs> that Harfoots are the new hobbits. Like there are there are new hobbits anyway for this particular story. Maybe they're like hobbits mixed with children of the forest from Game of Thrones. That's what they look like. They're like hippie hobbits, right? Then huge letters on the screen proclaim this show based on the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Then there, like next, there's some kind of terrifying meteor. Now, this is incredibly important. We've seen glimpses of this already, this meteor thing that's making contact with Middle Earth or whatever. Um, and it appears to be sort of a central focus of the story that we're going to get into with the show. Then there's some badass elven-looking babe named Galadriel, has apparently done enough fighting. They want her to stop fighting. The other elves are trying to tell her, no fighting, you've done enough with your sword or something like that. But she has visions of evils yet to come 
and says the enemy is still out there. We get a little glimpse of her vision of these evils, and it's absolutely terrifying, Um, which is part of the reason this trailer, to me, is so appealing, because it looks like they really go there, making it more dark, right? There were definitely dark scenes in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, not necessarily language, not necessarily overly gratuitous violence uh, or gruesome in that way, but there were scenes that made you feel like, like there was no joy left in the world, that there was no hope for any of the characters you were watching. Certainly lots of them. And um, you get that feeling <laughs> when you when you see the vision that Gladriel is having of these evils yet to come, the reason that she doesn't want to stop fighting. She wants to go find the evil left in the world, seek it out. She says the only question now is where that evil is. Uh, but in her, in her little vision, everyone is like suspended, or not everyone, but a lot of characters, a lot of people, elves herself, they're suspended in some kind of Sauron-esque flamed air, like mid-air, right? And then all types of random shit is thrown at us from there in the trailer. Some elf dude says, darkness will march over the face of the earth. We see people marching off to battle in some form. It's all very ominous. All right, the back half of the trailer. And apparently, it will not just be the end of our people, but all peoples, whatever this is that's threatening the the uh, characters, according to some dude voice. Everyone seems really shook up, though, by this meteor that hit, okay? And it looks like it sent some crazy fairy dust into the sky or something that everybody's moving around in. I mean, we've got, we got men, we got dwarves, we got elves, we got Harfoots. We got all everybody's back. Everybody, everybody's coming to this party. All right, um, but that's basically the gist of it. Drops September second, and again, like I said earlier, admittedly, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, it was almost like my my Harry Potter, like the way massive Harry Potter fans who when were kids when the books came out, they look at Harry Potter as like a definitive important piece of their childhood, right? And that's how I look at Lord of the Rings. And yes, the Hobbit trilogy was somewhat disappointing. But I don't think one shortcoming necessarily means that, like, the brand is dead forever and this bajillion-dollar project on Amazon Prime, the biggest swing that Jeff Bezos has ever taken on Prime, is going to be a Hobbit-esque dud. I, I just don't see it, right? I'm, uh, especially with this trailer, I've got friends, dear friends of mine, who are... Lord of the Rings uh, kind of super fans of the OG trilogy like me that we grew up on it together that are unwilling to get excited about Rings of Power because of the disappointment of the Hobbit trilogy for them. And and that's very reminiscent to me of Game of Thrones fans who are unwilling to get excited about House of the Dragon because of the end of Game of Thrones. And in my experience as a, a professional entertainment consumer, like the amount of television and movies I've watched over the last 20 years is just absolutely insane. And in my experience, there's no reason to get that down on shit. Like, they can always come back, man. As I've said time and again, there are a lot of my favorite shows and a lot of inarguably the greatest television shows of all time that had seasons that were just kind of like, what the fuck was that? Like, The Sopranos is really the only one where where there there are episodes for sure on The Sopranos where you're like, what did I just watch? One in particular with Massive Genius comes to mind. But there was never really a season of The Sopranos that the fans looked at or the viewers saw as lacking. And that's what keeps it to me as the number one greatest show in the history of television. The Sopranos is just so great through and through to even the off episodes, to the point that even the off episodes uh, are incredibly entertaining to me because they hold this special place as being off episodes of the greatest show of all time where everything was so good. Um, all that being said, I'm refusing to be in that camp anymore. 
people who are unwilling to get excited. But look, the world is a vampire set to drain. Everything has sucked the last few. We've all been getting the shit kicked out of us. All right? The pandemic, all this crazy shit, the news every day is a nightmare. We need stuff to look forward to. Why should we take that from ourselves? Because of other completely unrelated projects. Completely unrelated. Totally different people. Different showrunners, different directors, different producers, different money, different networks behind it in the case of Amazon. It's not like Amazon made the fucking Hobbit trilogy. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. But now, the situation we're in, or I'm in personally, is that we have two huge fantasy properties to look forward to this year, which are going to be going sort of head-to-head in a way, one after the other, with uh, Game of Thrones starting at the end of August and, and Lord of the Rings at the end, uh, beginning of September, rather. It's just, it's going to be fucking chaos. I cannot wait. I am so stoked, and I will not let any of you negative Nancys rob me of this joy. I will not. But, yeah, again, the Hobbit trilogy was obviously a little disappointing, and that's probably part of the reason that they came with the Harfoots, honestly with the rings of power, right? I, I, I'm hoping, that's one of my hopes for the series. I don't know, I'm not reading any articles about it. I'm not on Entertainment Weekly. I'm not doing Reddit searches. I'm not on Wikipedia. I'm coming in as a casual, right? Because I feel like that's the way most people who view this show are going to be coming in. And I want to come in in the same way that all my listeners are going to, the majority of my listeners are going to be coming in. And because of that, my read so far is that perhaps there is a chance that we don't even really deal with hobbits here, or it's some version of hobbits, like an offshoot of the hobbits. You know how, like, all these different versions of the Christian church sprung off from one of the Catholic church or whatever? Maybe it's like that. The Harfoots are like another clan of hobbits, because they look hobbity, but like I said, hippie hobbits. So I'm hoping that that's a part of the new, the new angle here that we're dealing with, right? Because one of the things... Just like with House of the Dragon, we don't want to end up rehashing the exact same bullshit that we did with Game of Thrones. Oh, everybody wants the throne. What a, su- what a surprise. It's shocking. Everybody wants power. Wow. We don't want to redo the same exact journey on Rings of Power where it's like there's this one, you know, fucking evil out there that everybody is going up against together. And then these little Harfoots have to save the world. And it's shocking because look how small and, in, in, and insignificant they are in the grand scheme of things. But even the smallest being can make a difference. Like we already fucking did that. So we don't want to do it again. And that's why I'm hoping Harfoots are the focus. And I'm hoping there's a difference in the story, just like I am with House of the Dragon. And in both cases, I think based on the material we've seen so far, based on the reactions from George R. R. Martin, based on this main teaser that we watched today from The Rings of Power, I think we're heading in the right direction with both shows, which I didn't expect, honestly. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But extremely, extremely excited for The Rings of Power now based on this main teaser that dropped. If you haven't watched it, obviously you should be doing that. I don't know how you got this far into the show without pausing to watch the trailer. What's wrong with you? Today's episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I'm wearing a fresh pair on my person right now. Greatest underwear in the world. Some days you just get your ass kicked out there. There's no better refrain from the beatings life throws your way than to make sure your ass is covered by only the finest undies available to woman or man. Me Undies is here to help you take a break from the hardships of the world and give yourself a soft summer. When you're cocooned in the softest and most breathable undies, loungewear, and swimwear known to humanity, all your other problems will simply melt away. 
been wearing MeUndies for a while now, several years, all right, since back when they first became a sponsor years ago. Uh, they were gone for a while. They're back. I'm wearing a brand new pair right now. Like I said, nothing like them. Super excited to have them on board as a sponsor of OCC because the comfort of these undies is unmatched. The loungewear and the swimwear are phenomenal, too. The Clam Fam deserves to enjoy the finest things in life, like the comfort of MeUndies. And let's face it. Summer is very sweaty. It is hot as shit out there, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They've got super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles to choose from, sizes extra small through 4XL. You can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. If you dare to brave the heat and venture to the pool or the beach, check out their new and improved swimwear styles. They're stra- uh, soft and stretchy and sustainably made. I took a pair with me to Mexico. They were phenomenal. So comfortable. MeUndies swimwear for maximum comfort. Get in there. MeUndies, great offer for the Clam Fam. For first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. If you sign up to join uh, their free-to-join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices, by the way. To get 15% off your first order, support the podcast, and receive a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash dragon. That's MeUndies.com slash Dragon, D-R-A-G-O-N, Dragon, MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash Dragon. All right, time for some other uh, recommendations for you. While we await House of the Dragon at the end of August and the Rings of Power in September, we need other things to watch, right? So first off, we're three episodes into Westworld's fourth season. And I've always said it takes three episodes to judge a show, to judge a season, to judge the direction of a season of a show. And man, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy really did it. They got the show back to a place where I li- I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to be a Westworld fan anymore. It's amazing. I'm extre- As a Westworld fan, I'm extremely happy to be extremely happy with the show again after the wet fart that was... Season three, I can't believe they got it back on track. I'm honestly very, very surprised. I didn't think they could pull this off, I will admit. And I'm still skeptical that they will maintain this level of momentum that they've built through three episodes for another five to make the season on the whole a big success at the level that it's currently at in my mind. But the start is there. It is certainly worth watching again. Uh, it's it's it, it's very fun to discuss. It's very fun to try to decipher as you're watching it. It's much more trackable than season three, and it's meaningful. It's deep. It's got good writing. It's got good storytelling. It is not the dog shit that you got with Aaron Paul's debut in season three of Westworld. And uh, I'm I'm so that was just a, look. Now that I'm looking at the way this all went, season one of Westworld, inarguably one of the best seasons of television ever made. You're not going to find very many people who watched it that disagree with that. It was just so much fun and so well-made and so well-written. Season two, they had a really big challenge on their hands. How do we keep this going? That was an obviously great start, but holy shit. And sophomore seasons can often lose momentum. It's a lot to live up to, right? It's hard to keep at that same level of quality that you built through your first season. In particular, if you're having to keep a story going that you only had the beginning to, you didn't have all this other shit, so you're having to add more. Then the pandemic hits, that wrecks their plans for season three, since season three ends up being like this different thing than they had actually anticipated. It's a fucking mess, doesn't really unfold the way that anyone can enjoy it, I would argue. It was just, I mean, like you could track it, you knew what happened at the end, but it was kind of like you didn't care about any of it, right? That gave you no reason to really have weight to what you were watching. And then now, in season four, they have rebounded spectacularly with, it's just, it's interesting. Again, 
That's the, the, the most important thing about a TV show, right? If you're watching and you, you can't even keep yourself paying attention because you're not interested, you're picking up your phone, you're, you're you know, looking off into the distance in your backyard, thinking about your next vacation or what, I, I don't know, then that's a problem. It means the show's not good enough to hold your attention. If it's not holding your attention, then you're not absorbing all the storytelling. And if you're not absorbing all the storytelling, the likelihood you're really going to enjoy it, very, very low. So I'm shocked Frankly, I really am. I thought that I I thought Westworld was done. Season two was not good enough for me to care, like and think that they really had potential to rebound after how bad season three was. And yet here we sit, where I am legitimately excited to watch the next episode on Sunday and discuss it uh, on Monday on Freeze All Motor Functions, which is our Westworld podcast here at Bolin Media. It's called Freeze All Motor Functions, and uh, yeah. So if you're looking for a show to fill the time between now. And Game of Thrones and, and, or I'm sorry, House of the Dragon, that's going to happen a lot. And uh, the Rings of Power, Westworld is shockingly an option. Now, you can definitely drink and half pay attention during season three because it's just nonsense. But then when you get to season four, right back on the wagon, baby, it's, it's a good time. So I'm also four episodes into The Boys' latest season. I believe it's season three. The Boys, another Amazon Prime property. One of their biggest and most proven successes, I would argue. Um, Amazon Prime is still kind of a mess in terms of being a streaming service. Like, when you get in there, you're just like, oh, God, what the fuck is that? It's like Prime videos suggested to you, regular movies suggested to you that you'd actually have to pay for. Uh, It just, like, it gets really confusing. You know what I'm saying if you're an Amazon Prime person. But The Boys is spectacular. This is great. It's really great TV. They keep finding new ways to escalate things, to up the stakes, to up the tension, to change the dynamics of the challenges for our heroes and our villains, really. Uh, it's just great TV. I highly recommend The Boys, especially if you're a fan of all of the anti-hero stuff that has exploded onto the scene in Hollywood over the last 20 years. Um, this is the best of the best, man. It's It's like... Watchmen on steroids, almost, um, and less about in the in the case of Watchmen on HBO, less about social issues and more about just how generally fucked human beings are with greed and power, uh, how it poisons people, and it's just it's wild. It's a great great ride though. Um, so the boys, Amazon Prime latest season, they have kept the momentum. It is great so far. I I think I'm four or five. I haven't seen Hero Gasm yet. For those of you who are done with this latest season of The Boys, I don't even know what that is. I am looking forward to it. I, I was telling Content Cade, one of our other employees here at Bowling Media, uh, before I started recording, that I didn't hear much in terms of buzz when the season ended, which is interesting because I heard a lot in terms of buzz during the season, especially during the season premiere and then, of course, during Herogasm for reasons that viewers know. Uh, So I'm interested to see how The Boys Season 3 ends because I can't get a read off of the public's reaction at all. So hopefully it ends well. We will see. I have only one or two episodes left of The Offer Season 1, which is on Paramount+, and as I said on our last pod... If you are a fan of The Godfather, you've got to watch it. The Offer. I'll leave it at that since I already gave it a good suck last week, but The Offer rules, and I am delaying watching the final couple episodes because I don't want it to end. I keep like, we get, me, me and my wife get to our TV viewing time at the end of the day, and I'm like throwing out other random shit for us to watch because I don't want it to end. 
uh, the offer because I don't know if there will be a season two. I don't know if they're going to like, is there a story for how the Godfather two was made or something? Like, I don't know if they're going to get into that, but uh, just to give it a brief synopsis, the offer is the story of the making of the Godfather, which is obviously one of the most successful uh, and critically acclaimed films ever made and most famous films ever made as told through the eyes of producer Al Ruddy, who is played by Miles Teller and it is fucking great. So yeah, the offer the boys, Westworld. Other than that, um, if you've never watched The Sopranos, or maybe it's time for a rewatch, we have been breaking down The Sopranos episode by episode with a companion podcast per episode of the series on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles for over like a year now. We're on four episodes left. We're on 6B, the back half of the final season, four episodes remaining in our ad-free companion podcast that we have created for The Sopranos that is housed and exists in one place and one place only on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. We will be wrapping up our Sopranos coverage before House of the Dragon starts, but you can get in there anytime you want. So if it's like, you're like, oh man, I'm too busy right now to watch The Sopranos, but I really do want to watch it one day. Well, it'll be there for you when you're ready on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles with a podcast that's about an hour long, every single one of them for every episode of The Sopranos. We're almost done. Four left. Been one of the funnest projects I've ever gotten to do in my career. Barrett Dudley, one of my best friends for over 20 years, is a first time Sopranos viewer. I am a repeat viewer, huge, huge fan of the franchise. And uh, there's no spoilers. We do it so it's friendly to first-timers and repeat viewers. I kind of throw in some lines that repeat viewers will get, but first-timers would have no idea what I'm talking about, that kind of thing. And it's a blast. We're on season 6B, back half, final season, working our way through, almost at the finale. Cannot wait. Join us on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles to watch The Sopranos with myself and Mr. Barrett Dudley today uh, if you're looking for something to watch in advance of House of the Dragon and The Rings of Power. Also, support today's sponsor, Me Undies, to support our show. Go to meundies.com slash dragon and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Again, I'm wearing a brand new pair right now. Me Undies, incredibly comfortable. Been wearing them for years and years. Love them. Me Undies, meundies.com slash dragon. 15% off your first purchase. Other ways to support the show. You want some merch? You want a shirt? You want a hat? You go to bowlandmedia.com slash shop where we're going to be putting up new merch in advance of House of the Dragon Season 1 airing on HBO in the end of August. So keep an eye, bowlandmedia.com slash shop. You just click on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Grab yourself an OCC t-shirt, hat, whatever. Represent for the Clam Fam out in the wild. Follow us on social media. We are on TikTok at Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Just over 1,000 followers. Just got the TikTok up and running. A lot of fun in there. Get in there on the ground floor, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles on TikTok. We're Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram, Clams, and Cockles on Twitter. My name is Ross Bolin. This show is brought to you by my company, Bolin Media. You can follow me at WRBolin on Instagram and Twitter. Listen to my comedy show, The Ross Bolin Podcast. That's free every week on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and the like. I've got a Houston sports show called Banging the Can, if you're from Houston. We've got an F1 podcast here at Bolin Media hosted by Jared Borislow. It's called Formula Bone. Jared's nickname is J-Bone. Thus, Formula Bone F1 show, available wherever you listen to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. If you love F1, you will love Formula Bone F1 show, hosted by Jared Borislow, brought to you by Bolin Media. Go check that out today. Give Barrett Dudley a follow. Not here with me today, but obviously he is my co-host here on OCC, and will be covering House of the Dragon with me every single week, at Barrett Dudley. And uh, yeah, every episode of our show is also available on YouTube now, by the way. If you'd rather watch, search Oysters, Clams, and Cockles on YouTube 
Booyah. You can watch these episodes in full. I'm there right now waving at you. Look at me. Doing a little dance. Making a little love. YouTube. Oysters, clams, and cockles. Full video. Yes, sir. August 21st, folks. It's almost here. We're up, what, a month and six days? Something like that? House of the Dragon. Cannot wait. Fire and blood. There will be both. I've abandoned my boy! Until our next helping. Adios, muchachos. Ooh.